Welcome back to another edition of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferna. We're at Forts Athletics. We provide coaches and athletes the tools they need in order to achieve their unique and specific goals. And we do that by video analysis, coach mentoring, coach consultation, individual practice sessioning, strength and conditioning, and everything really in between. Uh, we work with uh, athletes that are beginners all the way to national record holders and collegiate national champions. And for today's episode, we're recording this on Monday, April 12th. We had our first track meet this past weekend at Alfred State. First time Alfred State's hosted a meet in uh, quite a few years. And we had, I had a great time. It's the first time that I was coaching in a couple years. Uh, First time our athletes competed, at least our throwers competed in about 13 months. One of our athletes, first time he competed since 2018. So we had... um, ton of great performances and what I want to spend some time talking about today in regards to those performances is expectations and expectation of performance and expectation of performance achievement and goal achievement. Now what was really unique about this meet was one, uh, it was on a Friday afternoon. Uh, It started at 3.30 and we wrapped up the throwing events at 7, like 7.30, like not quite dusk, but pretty pretty darn close. And the reason why I want to talk about expectations is because on most practice sessions for our athletes, and it might be the same for other coaches or athletes who are listening to this today, you might get maybe one or two events in of practice a day. So you might have a shot disc day or hammer disc like we usually do, or javelin shot, whatever the combination is for your athletes. Um, But on this particular day, because it was a Friday evening practice, we had very limited entries, and we were really going to be fighting uh, sunlight. Uh, Each athlete had four attempts for uh, their throws. So four, four hammer attempts, four shot disc, and javelin. And it was really interesting because we basically, for our athletes, and a majority of the other ones as well, took 12 full comp throws in about three and a half hours, which you know, might not be that much of a load, uh, but the volume really wasn't that high. But the intensity was through the roof, trying to take full comp throws, basically one after the other a little bit of a break for a half hour, and come back and do it again in a break for a half hour. So with the expectations piece, and it's something that I talked about a little bit last week, is you know, it's really important to, to sit down and try and figure out what exactly the goals are going to be for, for the competition. So last week we talked about you know one or two cues to focus on for a competition based on what you work on during practice leading up to. Um, but now we have to be a little a little flexible, a little bit more flexible with our training because we have our next meet is not until Sunday. And then we have a meet following up on Friday. So basically we're going to have two meets within four days of each other. So, uh, or five days rather. 
So really now it's it's about sitting down and trying to figure out where where the goals are, what you want to accomplish moving forward. So for us, it was our first meet. We have another meet coming up this weekend at Brockport on Sunday. Then we come right back on Friday for another meet at St. John Fisher. And then we have, uh, you know, our regularly scheduled Saturday, you know, May 1st. I think we're going to have a meet and then our conference championships and regionals. So we got about a month left. Um, two of our athletes this weekend qualified for regionals in the Hammer. So we're really excited about that. Um, and the conversation with them, especially after the meet, was, okay, so what, what are we going to focus on next? What, what are we going to do? Because we thought that we may have had uh, maybe some better performances at other events based on how we practiced. Uh, and then in others where we didn't emphasize the event that much, like the hammer people, we didn't take as many throws this past week which led to, you know, two pretty good performances. Dylan had thrown, like I said, since like 2018, uh, outdoor. Uh, Nate's a freshman, Nate's a 48 and change. So we're, we, there's definitely some upside here, but. All right. So getting back to our discussion about expectations, as we begin transitioning and moving forward into the season, now that we have our first meet under our belt, we can really start trying to fine-tune and figure out just exactly where the puzzle pieces uh, are missing. So if we're looking at, uh, you know, qualifying for specific meets, uh, so for example, our regional meet, uh, discus is 42 meters, hammer is 47.50, so we had two athletes qualifying the hammer. So now the conversation is, all right, do we, do we push a little harder on the hammer because we had a really good opening meet performance? Or do you want to dial it back a little bit and let's see if we can figure out <laughs> some, uh, some other strategies in regards to maybe we want to focus more on the discus, so we'll up our reps in the discus. And I think this is really important because one of my athletes last week, we, ever, we were having a conversation after – practice and you know splitting everything up 33 percent between shot disc and hammer because what this is what our athletes compete in you know isn't necessarily going to lead to you know the best outcomes or the best results because we're just splitting our time by a third in everything and it doesn't necessarily mean that that those extra five or ten reps in the shot put let's say are going to pay dividends early on when we have a great chance to maybe win the hammer and the discus, but we might just barely qualify for the finals in the shot put. And then it's, so, uh, so what one of the pieces or one of the pieces of content or however, you know, however the conversations are going to go this week, I mean, I have an idea of how our conversations are going to go. And uh, for the most part, the athletes, they bear with me, but I think they understand that, um, you know, they're not uncomfortable conversations, but I really do seek their input a lot. And I think that's a, a tip for coaches, a strategy to incorporate is, you know, ask, ask your athletes what they think. Ask them how they feel about something. You know, really, we're helping, we're trying to help guide them through their season and what they want to accomplish. So 
it's our job to put them in the best position to be successful. So if they want to try and qualify for regionals for all three events, well, then you qualified for one. Now maybe we need to emphasize, you know, discus and shot put, put hammer on the back burner for a couple weeks and see what happens. Or the athletes are like, okay, wait a second. Like we were training really hard for the shot. Maybe this was just a, uh, an off week because I wasn't ready or whatever, you could try again for another week or another two weeks and see how things go. And then if um, if the chips don't fall where you think they, they should, or if your athlete isn't really um, as enthusiastic about one event over the other, you should have the conversation and you say, okay, if, if that's what you're more interested in or if you're not interested in doing that, that's fine. And uh, maybe you enter as just a third event and you don't emphasize the event as much. And, if, and I always reflect back when I have these types of conversations with my athletes, a conversation I had with Coach Barr back in um, March of 2004. And uh, I, we had just had um, our SUNYAC conference meet uh, indoor and uh, I was seated first, and I finished fourth. And then we had states, and uh, I PR'd, and I finished <laughs> finished eighth. And uh, I didn't really know, like, it was just for me at that time in my life as a senior. I had just turned 22. I thought, you know, it's going to take over the indoor track world <laughs> for D3, and um, it just came crashing down on me. Um, there was a meet. What the regional meet is now was something called ECACs back then. We didn't go. That's a whole other conversation. But uh, I went to his office after uh, one of my methods courses. And I remember like it was yesterday. And um, he sat down at the computer. I came in in between one of my breaks. And I said, um, you know, we need to figure out what I need to do better to make sure that what happened indoor doesn't happen outdoor. And uh, I, I was going to start student teaching again in about a week. So I knew that, um, you know, things were going to be a little tighter, at least during the day, right? Like I wasn't going to be able to go to the trainers and do all um, like rehab and, and all those types of things that I enjoyed doing. I guess not rehab, but um, more or less, uh, sit in the ice bath a couple times during the day, which I used to do when we had um, when I had methods courses, and I was done relatively early. It was awesome. Like I treated it as as almost like trying to be a professional athlete, even though I was nowhere close and never became as such. Uh, but I would have two methods classes first thing in the morning, eight to ten, and then ten thirty to about that was like twelve thirty. I go hang out in the trainers. I'd start prepping for uh, practice, and I thought I was doing everything that I should have been in order to get where I wanted to go. And uh, you know, the PRs just didn't, didn't happen when when I needed them to PR in United States. That throw would have won the week before at, at SUNYX, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, so we sat down, and I said, you know, I want to I want to win the hammer. That was a goal. Um, I placed a couple times, uh, a fourth, my sophomore year, 
think, third my junior year. Um, so the top guy was coming back. Uh, so it was going to be him and I again. Um, I had two second-place finishes in the weight, a fourth-place finish in the weight. So I wanted to win, of course, and um, I was not as good of a shot putter, and the conference was stacked with shot putters. So basically I said, I'm not really interested in this. I'll practice once a week. Just, you know, we'll see if I can <laughs> make the finals. But, you know, none of our meets were scored or anything like that. So it wasn't about a points thing except for conference. So leading up to Suniaks, I was seated first in the hammer. I think it was seated like 11th or 10th in the discus. So um, I was first flight of the hammer. Everything was power seated. Uh, well, I'm jumping ahead now. So basically the whole season, March leading up to our outdoor conference championships was hammer discus. So it was about, uh, I'd say, 50% of my throws, maybe closer to 60 were hammer, maybe 30, 30 to 40 were discus. And then I think I took maybe 20 shot throws a week, uh, broken up in, in two, two days of 10. Um, and the way our facility was, it was easy to kind of get to one and the other. I didn't have any teammates that were throwing my senior year. Uh, by that point, everybody kind of followed by the wayside. So for me, it was like, you know, I had Coach Barr, and we were, we were one-on-one. But he, he listened, and he responded really well to our conversations. And every once in a while, I'll text him, and I'll joke about <laughs> the kind of athlete that I was and how he coached me and how I feel like I'm coaching some of my kids that I, that I see similar traits. But it was always about open communication and communicating expectations of what I wanted to do and then what he, you know, helped me really focus on. And it wasn't so much the throwing sessions as it was the conversations um, after the fact or with my uh, female teammates that we had. Jen was a junior. She was a great thrower. She'll be in the Hall of Fame. She'll get there um, eventually, our, our Ferroni State Track Hall of Fame, or um, Sports Hall of Fame. She's definitely in the Track Hall of Fame. She's one of the best throwers we ever had. Um, so it was just a lot of like conversations and, and, and talking. and We didn't really videotape anything in practice back then. You know, there were uh, smartphones in 2004 that you could record things. So we had a handheld camera uh, that maybe we got a couple practice throws in a week, but nothing nothing like today where it's instantaneous and you can send it off. So I guess to bring it back to Alfred State now 17 years later, uh, communicating expectations and putting your athletes in the best position to achieve their goals. So that's really what, that's really going to be the emphasis, the, the, the thing that I focus on this week, at least these next couple of days, is trying to figure out, you know, where, where to put the athletes in order to give them the best chance to be um, successful. So if we notice that after like two or three meets, you know, an event or two, maybe it's kind of fallen by the wayside or just the performances aren't there or, you know, a lot of it really comes down to 
oftentimes like athlete motivation like if they see that they have maybe a poor performance or two poor performances their interest wanes a little bit in that specific event and that's fine like i don't if if athletes don't want to throw something uh i don't make them because if they don't want to do it and their heart's not in it and they're not interested it can lead to, to poor performances loss of confidence uh, and increased anxiety and stress over competing in something that they're not really interested in doing. Lewis is a perfect example of that. Uh, national champion weight thrower, just really wasn't interested in throwing the shot. Uh, he wasn't going to score, so we put our emphasis and our focus on on the weights. Same thing outdoors. Didn't throw the shot, was a decent discus thrower, about 43-meter discus thrower, so we emphasized... You know, 70 hammer, 30 sh- uh, 30 discus, um, and he ended up you know scoring at our conference meets. You know, winning the hammer, scoring in the in the discus. So uh, to reiterate and bring it back, communicate expectations and communicate realistic expectations uh, moving forward um, is really going to be the key for this. So the strategies for, for coaches, if you got this far and even athletes as well, I encourage you, if you feel comfortable having the conversation with your coach, if, um, you maybe don't feel that you had the performance that you would have liked be reflective, think about the week or two weeks leading up to it. Think about the day, think about what, you know, what may have been different from your best practices. Think about, your routines and rituals. There's a lot to think about. I thought about this stuff maybe too much as an athlete. Uh, I've had other athletes that I think uh, emphasize this much more even than I did back um, back when I was a, a college athlete myself. Um, but that's why I encourage my athletes to journal, keep track of everything, make sure that what you feel, you're able to capture that in words in your in your journals. So throw one felt like this, throw two felt like that. Overall, I had a pretty good practice. Overall, you know, I felt really good. I got some nutrition. I slept really well. And then you can start developing patterns and you start being able to look back and say, okay, this is what, this is how I felt three weeks ago. This is how the throws went. This is how the meat went. Um, but I guess that'll be more of a conversation of as our kids, our athletes rather, continue on with their season, I'll be able to spend more time talking about, you know, the journaling part process and how that plays. I think it plays a huge role um, in creating expectations for meets um, as you go from meet to meet throughout the course of the season. So that's it for today for our meet recap and things to you know think about moving forward about communicating expectations and being comfortable discussing next steps with your athletes coaches and athletes you know discussing next steps with your coaches uh but be really really be reflective you know if you're gonna have that conversation um if you do keep a journal that's really helpful because then you're able to kind of go back and see what worked and what this didn't work as opposed to just having, you know, a conversation without much 
evidence supporting whatever case you may be presenting to your your coach. But this is Charles Inferno. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. Have a great day.